please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. We've actually made it into the next chapter, the final chapter of this uh, epistle. And um, we only got through about <laughs> halfway in this verse, <laughs> the first verse. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> and he said, no. <laughs> 1 John chapter 5. <laughs> Let me begin reading the first part of verse 1. We will look at it in two halves. The Apostle John begins by saying, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now, John MacArthur introduces this whole chapter by saying, John introduces the subject of the victorious life. John highlights one particular term in this chapter, the overcomer. I really like that. Several different forms of this term appear in these verses to emphasize the victorious nature of the believer. So what we're going to see, and this, this is why I'm, I'm just so excited about this chapter, <laughs> and I've been waiting to get to it, is um, as much as we've been learning about love, and it, it is a tremendous truth, and he will carry that theme through into uh, chapter 5. However, now he's going to show us why. <laughs> okay, We're going to find out this is what allowed him to be that, that uh, you know, apostle that nobody could kill. And uh, I'm very interested in that, <laughs> okay? I mean, I love all the others, but you know, the one that lives, that's the one you want to find out. What did he know? Especially when they try to kill him, you know, <laughs> okay? So again, what we're doing is we're, we're moving now into the victorious life. And so that's where I want your focus to be. In everything that he's going to be saying, and I'll, let me just give you a little preview He's going to, to look at three different characteristics of an overcomer. He's going to talk about faith, he's going to talk about love, and then he's going to talk about obedience. Let me reread verse 1, because I want to add some things to this now. The Apostle John, when he says again, whosoever believes, a lot of times, you know, in the past, we've had this, I, I remember, and I don't want to mention any names, but I remember this uh, particular minister uh, that, that made a big deal out of faith and believing. I don't know if you all know, okay, and uh, said, you know, believing isn't faith, faith isn't believing, they're two different things. In the Bible, in this verse, believing is having faith. When you look up the original Greek word, it actually says to have faith. Are you all with me, okay? So what I don't want you to do is, if you ever heard any of that, to let your mind drift into that place where you go, well, brother, that isn't the same as faith. I'm telling you it is. <laughs> so I want to clear that up to begin with, because that's what he means when he says believe. He means having faith. Are you all with me? Amen? All right. So whoever, he says, believes or has faith that Jesus is the Christ. Now in the literal, it says the promised Messiah or anointed one. Here we see the first characteristic of an overcomer, and that's saving faith. It is the faith that is spoken of in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, where the Apostle Paul says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Uh, what I want to do is focus on that little phrase, saved through faith. Okay, I want you to notice that that's what the Apostle Paul brings out as well. It is through faith that we are saved. It is by grace, but through faith. Grace is what God did for us. Do you understand? But faith is what receives what he did. Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? Okay, so he has done so much by grace. He has offered to us so much by grace. We need faith to receive it. Amen. And so that's why it says, you know, the grace is that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. A lot of people say it's the faith. It's not. It's actually the grace. Because 
Only God could do what God could do. <laughs> you know? Amen? And, but, you know, we don't see... People have preached this to say that the faith is the gift of God. And then they have the argument that, oh, if God doesn't give you the gift of faith to receive Jesus as Lord, then, you know, he's sending you to hell. And how can he blame us for anything that we don't, you know, receive from God? Because he didn't give us the faith to receive it to begin with. That's a long sentence. <laughs> okay? So we know that that's not what he's talking about. Faith is what you do. People have faith. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. Sometimes their faith is in the wrong thing called fear. Okay? <laughs> faith in the right thing is, is what we want. But the thing is, faith is something that is unique to you. However, grace is unique to God. Are you all with me? Amen? All right. I, I didn't really want to teach on that today, but let's continue. So it is a faith... That truly believes. So this is what the Apostle John means uh, when he says, whoever believes. It is, a faith who truly, it is a faith that truly believes that Jesus is the Christ. Remember he said, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ. Okay, let me just expand that out for you now. All right? That is that he has come from God. That is John 16, 28. That he is himself God manifested in the flesh. Remember that is John chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 14. See, let, let me just stop here for a second because this is something that is tremendous, okay? What we see in that, and this is why he's saying that, that whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, the one that is God, the one who was, remember in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. Something very interesting, you know, it, it tells us something very interesting there, in that it took God to redeem man back to God. See, a man couldn't do it. See, this is where people sort of say, well, you believe in what you believe, I'll believe in what... You know, hey, hey, man, it, that, that's not how this works. Everybody that was born into this earth, that came from a natural birth, was born into sin. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. It's not that they have sinned, they have actually been born into sin. Do you all see what I'm trying to say? Okay. And so there was nobody in this earth. See, this is what the problem was. There was nobody in this earth that could save anybody because they're all born into sin. You see what I'm trying to say? So, you know, th this was the impossible situation. Remember, he's the God of the impossible, okay? This was the impossible situation that God was facing that it could, you know, it would take God to bring man back to God, but only a man could pay the price for what man did. So what did he do? He did something incredible, and that is he brought about uh, what they call a hypostatic union. He brought about an individual that was not half, all God, and all man. Wow. In Jesus, see, this is why Jesus Christ is so unique. This is why there's no other way. You know, he says, I am the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. He also said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. <laughs> okay? So he lets us know something. He tells us that, first of all, remember when he forgave sin? I didn't go to all this in, in you know, uh, detail before, but maybe I should. You know when he get, forgave sin? He, did, he said something very interesting. He said, so that you know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sin. So he let us know that he was man as well. Are you all with me? Okay, but the, but the Apostle John in his writings tells us that the Word who was God became flesh and dwelt among us. So he lets us know that this individual is God. When we say that when we, say that we believe, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, what we're saying is we're believing that Jesus is both all man and all God. Are you all here? 
Because as a man, he can relate to us. As God, he can relate to God. I, I, I shared some of this before when we were looking at this, but I want to bring that back in because this is what he's saying. This is what you believe. All right. So we need to remember all that. Also that he is our redeemer. That's in John 3.16. Remember again? <laughs> we all know John 3.16. Okay. What was the last part of it? Whoever believes shall receive eternal life. Okay. All right. Amen. All right. We, you know, we love the for God to love the world. And thank God he loved the world because <laughs> I was in that. Okay. The, the last thing was that he is the only way to God. And that was in John 14.6, which I mentioned already. And so putting their faith and trust in that they are born of God. Did you all get that? So when the Apostle John says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, see, he didn't say that Jesus, he didn't say whoever believes in Jesus Christ. Isn't that interesting? He said, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ. We're back to First uh, John 5, 1 there, uh, just for a second. Okay, he said, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed Messiah, can I say that? The chosen anointed one, all right, okay? Those ones are born again. They're born of God. Okay. Also, in the way, and I want to bring this out as well, in the way that the Apostle John actually words this, it suggests that there must have been those that claim to be God's children without actually being or believing this. Now, this is a key thing as well. He identified them in 1 John chapter 4 and verse uh, 13, or no, excuse me, verse 3. 1 John 4, 3, he identified them as Antichrist. See, when you think of Antichrist, you know, it's not a person with horns and... Okay, walking around with this red thing, okay? <laughs> okay, looking like the devil, all right? And do you understand antichrist? In the word, it explains what it is. It is anti-Christ. It is against Christ. It is against the anointed. It is against the chosen Messiah. Are you all with me, okay? So there were those people that said, we don't need Jesus to get to God. We are children of God, in our own way, we are not needing to know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know. Okay, <laughs> played with that other group too. Okay, <laughs> so we're not talking. So see, there are always people that are saying, "No, we don't need Jesus to get to God. We can get to Him on our own." Do you understand? And so that's why the Apostle John is making a point here. See, he's about to talk to us about this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I mean, I've been getting to that, <laughs> okay? But you need to know that, that you don't get that victory unless you, you receive Jesus Christ as Lord. This is the first step. Are you all with me? Amen? And also understand who he is. It's not just about, you know, the name Jesus and the last name Christ, which it isn't his last name, <laughs> okay? All right? It isn't about that. It's about knowing who he is. Not only who he is, but who he is to you as well. Right now. See, we need to know that right now. You know, we're in a pandemic right now. And we need to know that the anointed one lives inside of us. In everything that we do. You know, I, I, was, I was making mention of this, this earlier on. Let me just bring this to your attention as well. You know, we do everything that the government says because we don't want to break laws. However, we do not do it in fear. Do you understand that we walk by faith? I want to get back to that in just a minute. That we walk by faith. We are still a faith people. In fact, you know what? Let, let, me, just, let me just get to that. <clears throat> Returning to the faith aspect of 1 John uh, 5 1, what we find is that it is not a faith that ends at salvation. With John MacArthur explaining that the term believes, okay, conveys the idea of continuing faith. I told you it's a faith term, 
okay, of continuing faith. Did you all get that? It's continuing faith. And he says, making the point that the mark of genuine believers is that they continue in faith throughout their life. What does that sound like? Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. He says, now the just shall live. And we know that it included in this, in that is have their lives sustained by faith. Okay? So it says that the just shall live and have their lives sustained by faith. But if I want, watch this. He says, if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Then NIV puts it this way. He says, I will not be pleased with him. <laughs> okay? Drawing back is drawing into fear, is getting away from faith. It's not believing. So we understand that regardless of what's going on around us, we are still, you know, we live by faith. We are meant to live by faith. Our whole life is faith, <laughs> okay? And some people want to advertise that by saying, well, I'm not wearing a mask and I'm going to defy that. Don't do stuff like that. Action doesn't mean you have faith. Faith will produce an action. But even if that action is to say, God, even though I'm wearing this and I'm wearing this because I've been told to do this, the, the, you know, the law of the land is trying to keep us safe. And today you get fined as well. Okay? <laughs> okay. I don't, want to, I don't want to break the law. But neither do I want to step out in fear whenever I step out the door. God, I am believing that you cover me with your wings. That you're my fortress. Wherever I go, I've got this whole fortress going with me. Okay? That your blood covers me. Anything that touches me will die in the name of Jesus. With all of that and believing that they, I have divine, supernatural protection, I will put this mask on because I want to do the right thing. Are you all with me? But if anything jumps on me, it will die. Mask or no mask. You know people with masks are getting infected. You all know that, right? So, you know, this is how you'd not get infected regardless. Are you all with me? <laughs> Amen? Okay, all right. Okay, so... <laughs> faith is of the utmost importance in the kingdom of God. Everything that operates through faith... Remember uh, Hebrews 11:6. I had to go there, you know, I couldn't leave that one out, <laughs> all right? It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. That's God, okay? It's impossible to please God. I want you to notice that regardless of what you might do on the outside, on the inside, you need to have faith. On the inside, you're always believing. Are you all with me? Amen? You never let go of that. Regardless of what you do on the outside, on the inside, you are always believing. So notice he says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God, and I love these next two words, must believe. You must believe. We're in a time family. We must believe, you know. Get your believer out and start polishing it. You have to believe, <laughs> okay. It must be, you might be rusty and not doing a lot, but you got to get to the place. The, the Bible tells us that we need to get to a place where we must believe. So what do we must believe? Okay, the first thing we must believe is that he is. In, fa in other words, that he does exist. Isn't it interesting that we are being forced to believe in something right now that we can't see? It's tiny and it kills and we can't see it. But we're also asked to believe in something else that we can't see that will defeat that if we allow it. Amen? So people can't say anymore, if I can't see it, I won't believe it. Well, that's called dying. All right, so <laughs> notice he says, For he who comes to God must believe that he is, this is our continuing faith, okay? And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, you know, when we believe that Jesus is the Christ, 
It doesn't end there. It isn't Jesus is the Christ just to get saved. It is Jesus the Christ, and he is at the very center of my life. He is the one who directs my life. Amen. He is king, not me. <laughs> okay? And he also, because of his position in my life and the position I give him in my life, then he is also responsible for protecting me, looking after me, and supplying all of my need according to his riches in glory. This is continuing faith. Amen? The same faith that gets you in keeps you going. <laughs> all right? Keeps the blessings coming. It's sad when people get saved and go, Woo, I'm in. Now I'll just do whatever I want and not believe nothing. You know, and that confuses people. Do you know how it confuses them? Because that person dies and they say, yes, but they were such a good Christian. How come they died? Check their faith. Check what they believed. You know, if you get one of them Job Christians, they're in trouble. Man. <laughs> you know, always tell people, you all know that Job had his troubles for nine months. It wasn't 20 years it was nine months, and if you want to go down Job's track, you need to do the whole thing. You need to come out the richest person in all the land. So let me see the loot. <laughs> okay? Has it been more than nine months? It ain't you. It's just like saying, I'm having a baby. How long has it taken you? Well, 20 years. You ain't having a baby. Let's get back to this. I shouldn't have gone there. All right. Getting back to 1 John 5.1, notice how the Apostle John begins the verse by saying, whoever believes. I, I love this part. Accordingly, Simon J. Kissamaka writes, when the Apostle John says whoever or whosoever, he indicates that the Christian religion or Christianity excludes no one. That really blesses me. <clears throat> Let me continue. In other words, anyone at all who sincerely puts his or her faith in the Lord Jesus... I really want you to extend this out beyond getting saved, okay? All right. Who puts his or her faith in the Lord Jesus is born of God and becomes a child of God. That was in 1 John 3, 1. Something that was already brought out in the Gospel of John in John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Let me just go there first before I make any comments. John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. He says, but as many as received him. I really love this. He says, but as many as received him. As many as received him, whoever believes, as many as received him, okay? He gave them the right. Now, in some translations, it says power. In others, it says right. I like to combine the two because you can have the right and not the power, <laughs> okay? You know, I, I, I gave an example. You have the right to tell, you know, somebody that's, that's robbing your house, you don't have a right to be here. You have the right to say that. But if they have a big gun... And they're pointing it in your face. The next words are coming out of your take whatever you want. <laughs> okay, you know. It, see, you have a right to say it, but you don't have the power to back it up. As I said before, if, on the other hand, you know, if the guy says, you and what army, okay? If I say, you can't do this. If he says, you and what army? And then Emily steps out from behind the curtain with a submachine gun, one on both hips. And, and I say, that army. And they go, oh, okay. Looks at their gun and her machine guns. You know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, and they'll go, yeah, you got the right and the power. <laughs> We're leaving, see you later, bye. We'll go next door. Okay, <laughs> whatever. You know what I'm trying to say? See, that's the reason why I think and I believe that we need to have both of those words in here. And why they, they, they put it that way. So he says, to them he gave the right and the power because you know that Satan would stop it, right? You know that the devil would do everything. And See, I really need you to see this. This is what's built into everything that the Apostle John is saying. 
He says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, can I add a few things in there? Okay. Regardless of what opposition that comes their way, regardless of anything and everything that all of hell would try to do to stop you, you'll be born of God. There's nothing that hell can do to stop this. In other words, that, you know, that same power that allows you to become born again is the same power that is there with you throughout the rest of your life, keeping you safe, providing for all you need. Are you all with me? Giving you wisdom, giving you peace, giving you joy, which is your strength, giving you all the things that you need throughout your life to live a life that is blessed, that is an overcoming life. Do you get this now? Amen? Okay. Let's continue. He said, and, and let me just finish this here. He says, but again, as many as received him, to them he gave the right and the power to become the children of God. To those who believe, notice the word believe comes in now. To those who believe in his name, now he's going to go through a whole bunch of negatives. Right? He says, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. In other words, it had nothing to do with this realm. It had nothing to do with the natural. You know one of the things that the Jews said to Jesus? When he was telling them, you better repent, they said, yeah, but we are children of Abraham. And they thought that being children of Abraham, they were going to get to heaven. Do you understand? Jesus was saying, that's not going to get you in. This is why he, he said to Nicodemus, remember in John chapter 3? He said, you must, and I was going to get to that, but he said, you must be born again. The only way in is through the new birth. Are you all with me? So that's why he goes through this list and he says, we're not born of blood or will of the flesh or will of man. It doesn't matter what tribe you're born into, anything else. That's not how this works. If I could just stitch it together. Can I stitch the first part and the last part together? Okay. He will, he will say, who believe, those who believe in his name, who were born, and the last two words, of God. Amen? Amen. Now, that's the same thing that the Apostle John you know, said again in 1 John 5.1, whoever believes that Jesus Christ is born of God. Amen? Okay. So, let me just continue on in my notes here. We're almost done. As for being <laughs> born of God, Colin G. Cruz explains that it is something initiated. Now, listen, this is awesome, okay? It is initiated by God, effected through His Spirit, and it takes place in conjunction with faith in Christ. So you need faith in Christ in order for this thing to work, okay? All right. In other words, when you believe God, okay, or excuse me, when you believe God, through His Spirit, initiates or brings about the miracle of the new birth. You are literally born of God. And that's what the Apostle Paul brings out in Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to Ephesians chapter 2 now. Verse 10. I only want to read the first little bit because I want to show you something here. Okay? When he says, for we are His workmanship. You know, we love to just keep going. Okay? We are His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. You know, unto good works. Blah, blah, blah. Listen to this. Back up. Back up. Okay? <laughs> I, want to, I want us to... Look at and focus on those, those few words right at the beginning. For we are his workmanship. I got a little vision when I was looking at this. And, and God just blessed me with this. I saw a piece of furniture that was just, it was incredible. It's one of those things that you just, you know, you sit back and go, they don't make them like this. You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, it was just incredible, the, the detail and everything else. And then I look, you know, he said, look closer, and you look really close, and you, and you see, made by God. And he said, that's 
my workmanship. And he said, you are my workmanship. The Apostle Paul got a revelation of this and wrote in 2 Corinthians. We'll finish with this because we finished around here. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. Remember he said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. See, that's God's workmanship. We were created new. There's something that didn't exist before. We need to remember that. In this pandemic, we need to remember that God did something that had never been done before. See, he created, you know, in six days, God created just everything that we know of. And he was meant to stop then. But because of the fall of man, following the day of Pentecost, he began creating again. Amen. And every single one of us, when we got saved, when we got born again, we were, this is what this new creation is all about. God himself came in and did something. We became his workmanship. Isn't that amazing? That creation began again following the day of Pentecost. And you are one of his new creations. Hallelujah. Something that never existed before. And each one is unique. He didn't cookie cutter everybody. He goes, oh, new creation. <laughs> Next. <laughs> okay? It was like when you received him as God, you know he's God, right? He can be everywhere at once doing the same thing. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, so he could be recreating very well. He's recreating me and Emily and Andrew, you know, and Louise and, and, and Michelle. That's everybody. Oh, oh and Daniel. Okay. <laughs> Keep missing him. <laughs> okay? But the thing is, you know, he can be doing... Do you understand that and each one of us will be different? How do you know that? Because when you start speaking your heavenly language, it's different to everybody else's. And it comes from your recreated spirit. It's that new creation that begins to speak. And it has its own language, just like a, a fingerprint. It's unique. Because the spirit is unique, the language is unique. Get it? Okay, all right, hallelujah. Anyway, <clears throat> let me finish this. I love when he says that he says, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And watch the next verse, verse 18. And all things are of God. It keeps going, but let's stop there. Do you notice it's all of God? So I want you to understand something as we conclude. All right. See, that, <laughs> that's the first thing that allows you to be an overcomer. And again, why Jesus said you must be born again. Do you understand? When he said you must be born again, the apostle John says, listen, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. That's our beginning. That's the first step into this. And if we take that first step in, then we need to remember. And that's why we're making such a big deal out of this and, and really bringing, uh, you know, bringing this to your attention. Because the Apostle John is going to be sharing things with us. If we don't get this first step, if we don't get the fact that we believe in the anointed one, in the Messiah, in the one that will change our lives, in God himself. Amen? If we begin to understand what he said, that in believing that Jesus is the Christ, we are then born again or born of God. And I really, you know, if I had time, I, I would spend a, a few moments on the fact that you are born of God. We talked about that before, which means you are of him, not of anything else, not natural, but of God himself. Amen? All right, John MacArthur, as we conclude, writes, the new birth brings us into, a, I really love this, a permanent faith relationship with God and Christ. A permanent 
faith relationship. I really want you to grab, I want you to grab a hold of that. And why the, why the writer of Hebrews says, must believe. It's a permanent faith relationship. It is continuing in faith all the days of our life. Amen? We, cannot, we can see that the Apostle John never, never stepped out of that. He was always in that and was encouraging everybody to walk by faith. Amen? We're going to leave it there. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we just thank you today.